Yeah, but the it, human trafficking, it's a huge issue in Wisconsin. It is. Uh, it, you know, and a lot of people aren't aware of that. That's something that I can recall even when I worked for the city and talking with our, our police chief at the time. You know, certainly it was the case then as it is now uh, and had been for some time at that point that Milwaukee is the sex trafficking capital of the Midwest. Yeah. You know, a lot of people would think Chicago or Minneapolis. Right. It's such a transitory, you know, thing that, you know, we have highways to both those places as well as up here to Green Bay and the Fox Valley and any other jumping off point. But uh, so, uh, and victim services is a, a critical area where we need to, to build capacity and, and, you know, certainly have, have worked with any number of groups that, uh, you know, have really taken the, the task on, but also working with the investigators and how do we, how do we find ways to, to tackle uh, child pornography or solicitation, some of the things that, that groom or feed into human trafficking, right. as well as how do, we, how do we address the demand side of the equation? How do we, there's... there's uh, what, what do you think encourages the trafficking? Um, well, certainly the, the demand is what, is what drives it. I, I mean, I think what encourages it, you know, certainly as a society, we've had any, any number of breakdowns. Within the family structure, we have uh, mental health issues and substance abuse that uh, aren't, aren't addressed to the extent that they need to be. But, uh, I mean, just like, and I've done quite a bit in terms of domestic abuse, but mm-hmm. human trafficking is very similar in terms of very. that element of control, right. that coercion, so that it isn't a conscious choice. It's something that, that they more or less feel they're forced into. Right. And uh, so... They yeah. have a sense of helplessness that they have no choice. Absolutely, absolutely. And there, there's, uh, you know, just a, a lot of, uh, I mean, certainly, well, one of the issues that I worked on previously was being able to include animals in protective orders. Mm-hmm. And one of the main reasons for that, you had a lot of survivors of abuse that were delaying exit on the basis of an animal, a pet that they saw as family, that, tr- that, that, that maybe to. that was, was similarly being abused and, mm-hmm. and they were concerned for what were they going to do for for its safety and mm-hmm. and so um never even thought about that being a, a reason to stay but i i guess if you have a pet or it a, was, a child or you know and, and and our local humane control officer came to me after we introduced that legislation she was she was so excited because she had done a survey where uh, approximately half of all domestic abuse survivors had had said that they had delayed leaving an abusive situation because of having a pet. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see now, and certainly the case uh, here in, in Northeast Wisconsin, but you see not only agreements with local uh, humane societies, but also kennels that are actually being built into the domestic violence shelters mm-hmm. to be able to, to help stabilize and... and uh, help them exit faster. Exactly, exactly. So how did you get kind of on that issue is one of I guess one of your passions you said pro-life that one how, how did you get well I take on a, I take on a lot of issues but I, I think a lot of it is just kind of listening to people I'm, I'm always kind of asking the questions of you know what could we be doing differently where is government getting in the way of doing the right thing or what isn't making common sense or just what are the emerging issues that right now we're not being as responsive to as we can and so I, I certainly have a lot of friends in law enforcement that mm-hmm. have, you know, reached out to me with, in some cases, you know, people outside of my, my immediate area, one of the, the benefits of, of being successful legislatively 
is that uh, you, you tend to get a reputation as somebody who who gets things done and is mm-hmm. is working, so that you 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 basically get get more good ideas because people say, well, I was I was maybe talking to you know my my other legislators from the area, but you know nobody did anything on this or th- you know but. You know, and then and then we get something done, and and sometimes it comes from from tragedy. It comes from situations on on behalf of uh, victims' families where they can't bring back their loved one, um, but they want to make sure that the next family doesn't have to go through the same heartbreak right. through the court process, and uh, and those are very gratifying to be be part of as well and help mm-hmm. them gain some closure, give give a legacy uh, to their, their child. I mean, that's certainly one of the things that uh, in, in uh, Dylan's law, uh, mm-hmm. being able to expand the epinephrine uh, access for, for first responders, right. not, well, not just, uh, basically allowing anybody who's trained to be a first responder. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we have demonstrated uh, lives saved as a result of that curriculum and training that are now available. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it's just something where, uh, you know, I'd like to, to keep asking those questions. I, I run into uh, issues with my colleagues sometimes where they'll say, well, no, we, we can't do that. That's that's against the law. And then I say, well, but we're legislators. So if the law doesn't make sense, <laughs> we, we have the opportunity that. to change that. <laughs> and there is there is quite a bit of, uh, you know, I mean, some people kind of work within the structures or the boxes that, that we're placed in and they just focus on the funding. And, you know, it is certainly, uh, you know, easier to kill a bill than it is to pass it. But, um, you know, some of the things that I've been able to get done have taken two or three sessions to pass. And, you know, one of them took four sessions to pass. So it's, you know, it, it's something where, um, you know, I, I'm very aggressive legislatively and putting a lot of bills out there. I guess you know, some people say, well, you should, you should really just focus on two or three issues. And, you know, the thing is that there's so many things that can sidetrack any one bill. I, I think the only limitation really is on the amount of effort that you want to put in. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it is possible to walk and chew gum at the same time, to have <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of balls up in the air if you're putting in the effort to move them as far as they're, as they're able to go. Right. And, and, you know... I mean, there are there are bills before that I have had to put in somebody else's name in order to get them passed and move through the process. When yeah, they that's, been that's as... one thing I, I said we should do anonymous bill submission. So then the best bill is what's selected, not based on who it's connected to. Sure. I, I think that would be. You could, although I think it would be, I think it could become pretty clear who the who the advocate is in certain cases. You can, but, but it kind of eliminates some of the political ties to a certain sure, bill. Sure. But yeah, I, no, there's <laughs> the, the personalities can can certainly certainly get in the way of the the best policy making down in Madison, and and that's been one of my frustrations. But it's mm-hmm. something that can still be overcome. And yeah. uh, I a lot Resistance. of people there's there's a lot of there, there's a lot of different uh, tricks that you pick up too in terms of how to be able to move things along or engage folks from the outside to impact mm-hmm. the process and. So let's see. One last question. Um, what is the hardest thing you have had to face and what has gotten you through it? Now this can be for anything. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. Um, you know, th- there have been 
any number of challenges that, uh, boy, I don't know if I would say more so in terms of, uh, I mean, really there, there are three main ones legislatively. Uh, one was redistricting mm-hmm. and uh, another was uh, when I moved forward on some legislation that leadership didn't, didn't want me to and then also pushed some pro-life legislation ended up having my chairmanship stripped and, and that, you know, kind of led to a little bit of a crisis of how am I going to be able to move legislation that I, that I care about. And certainly that led partly into running for state senate, which, you know, the only reason why you run for state senate is to have a greater impact. It's the same salary. It's it's the same mm-hmm. issues and people. Um, but that uh, last year was, was very, was very trying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Difficult a lot in terms of negativity coming yes, at you. Yes, you know there there's there was that and and, and certainly, um, you know, just hard on the family, but mm-hmm. uh, you know prayer is what gets you through. Mm-hmm. And you know that that's one of the things when you have long drives, you know, to Madison or to events around the district. It's a large district for me now. I go all the way up to the tip of Door County and yeah. just north of Manitowoc and uh, over in the Appleton area. I've got uh, you know, part of the valley where, you know, and sometimes you have to drive just outside of those areas too. And, and, uh, there's enough time in the car where you just turn on, turn off the radio, tune everything else out. Or maybe, you know, you listen to Christian radio, you find something that speaks to you, but you have time to just kind of have those, those quiet conversations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it just, it, it helps hold yourself accountable. It, It helps, uh, for, for introspection and reflection and uh you know i i guess i've always looked at it as you know if god's done with me in in politics or what i'm doing he'll let me know and mm-hmm. there will be a, you know again you're not necessarily going to understand at the time why why <laughs> things are happening a certain yeah. way and uh and so certainly last year that was that was something that, that was that question am i really meant for this still yeah well and that's <laughs> you I know <laughs> i would have i would have been able to find something else and and it you know certainly uh it's not it's not like we have you know great difficulties with employment in today's climate i i it just uh it, again because i do feel like i'm called to it, it is such an opportunity um you know it would have been you know maybe difficult to accept but you you have to move on if that's the case obviously you know i'm still supposed to be here and and you, you doing still were elected so, so. <laughs> but but it's uh yeah something that that i i appreciate the opportunity and uh just just knowing that that you know he has a plan and his Certainly ways are does. above our ways and <laughs> I so i never expected i'd be doing this podcast <laughs> I, I i guess i just look at it as you know, and again, I never thought that I would run for elected office. I was the kid that scripted out my telephone conversations. You know, I I was I was I was so shy, and to get to a point now where I have like monthly radio shows where yeah. anybody can call up and ask me any question on any subject, and I better have an answer for them or be able to explain why. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's been. You never know what he's going to do with you. I'm, I'm still, you know, I still have quite a bit of anxiety doing this or anything that's a larger interaction. I, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, still not the most comfortable public speaker, but I've become more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. He gets to be your voice. 